Hey guys, it's me, Alex, and I am here to give you an introduction to this episode of The Alex Cast, which makes sense, because my name is Alex, and this is a podcast, therefore, Alex Cast. Works out really well. So, tonight I was joined by the fabulous Craig Bolin. You might recognize that last name as being the same one as mine, that's because he is my eldest brother. I forgot to introduce him on the show until about an hour in, so uh, there we go, we've got that taken care of. But while I have your attention, please listen to some ads. Don't fast forward. Come on, people. Help me out. If you want to help the show, please go to alexcast.com. Click on the Amazon.com link if you're going to buy anything on Amazon. It doesn't cost you a red cent extra. And because you click through, it'll create a cookie. And that cookie will give me a small percentage of your purchase. Excellent. We are also brought to you by, and you can find it on the AlexCast link, uh, uh, the uh, audible.com. So uh, click the Audible link there, or go to uh, audibletrial.com slash alexcast. And uh, yeah, if you go to that link or click on it on my website, you are eligible for a free audiobook. That's free as in air. And I get a little bit of a signing bonus. So as long as you sign up, you get a free audiobook. Uh, if you sign up for a free two-week trial, and uh, if you don't like it, you can quit. And the audiobook is all yours. That's right, all yours. And yes, that is about that. So, you know, click the things on my website. I like them very much. There's also a PayPal link if you're feeling extra generous. And if you're feeling a little bit parched, please go to The Standard. That's facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. You know why you should go there? Because they pay me money to tell you. But also, I hang out there. For truly, for truth, I do. So, um, yes, go there. Drink, imbibe, have fun. Mondays, local vodka night. Delicious. Saturdays, some other thing. Sundays, $2 microbrews. Wednesdays. Our $1 hams. Look at that. Enjoy the festivities and the love. Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. You know where you can find it? Portland, Oregon, 14 Northeast 22nd Avenue. If you're on East Burnside, you turn into uh, the 22nd there, like, you know, getting north. And then it's like the first building and you're right. And you're like, hey, look, there it is. You know, tell them Alex sent you. And then, uh, then they'll probably be like, oh, he did. He's sitting right over there in the corner. And I'd be like, hey, what's going on, buddy? And, you know, it'd be a good time. So, yes. <sighs> That's about that. So, um, enjoy this episode of the Alex cast featuring my brother, Craig. And yeah, that's it. So, uh, enjoy and have fun with yourselves and your loved ones because, you know, who knows how much more time you have left in the world. This got dark really quick. Enjoy! Also got a Tibetan prayer bead necklace delivered to me at work. That I have no fucking memory of ordering. <laughs> I I can only imagine that at some point I needed like a few bucks to make like the free shipping on Amazon, and then it just took weeks for it to ship because I I do not remember this. It was the Greek goddess in your dream. No, it was I Egyptian goddess. Come on. You said when you originally told me the story. You said it was a Greek goddess. No, I didn't. Goddess. No, no, I did not. It's, it, it was it was a Sekhmet. It was Egyptian. a, say it again? Sekhmet. Sekhmet? Yeah. Hmm. No, that's that's from back in the day. That was that was from Jump Street. Because uh, I found it weird, because it's not like a, that's not a name that, uh, 
would jump out at me to to use as a you know as a reference point. You know, do you see another one of those laying behind there? What am I looking for? This? Uh, yeah. It, no. If it doesn't fit, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, I do got one. Here. Oh, cool. It's amazing the things that fucking listeners will complain about. Hey, I see you putting down your beers on the show. The other great one is, dude, you're so hammered. It's like, I literally don't finish two beers, and that's on a, like, on a good day on the show, I can get to a beer and a half. Have you, you done the hammer episode? Uh, no, I recorded one that I, at, at my old place where I, um, we're recording, by the way, so don't say anything horrible. Um, when I lived with Chris and Rich, I recorded one. I didn't have anything to talk about. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get really, really drunk, drunk quickly, then come back and finish it. So I walked to the bar and had like a bunch of shots and not a bunch of shots. I'm kind of lightweight, but, uh, a few shots and, you know, beers or whatever. And then I took my, I had my little portable recorder and I recorded myself walking home, just, you know, kind of lit. And I finished the episode up and it was fucking unlistenably terrible. Like just, not good at all nothing made sense nothing sentences weren't finished sentences weren't started really bad yeah. does this record the words basically when you're doing this when we're recording it do you actually can you see what words are being used what do you mean like all uh, right like uh you know you get a phone call and google will write it down for you basically. oh no no, no not, does not, this do it no can not you do it because it'd be it'd be curious to see your wordplay depending on the drug you're high on so like if you do alcohol do you use different you know, words basically. No, I don't. Depending I, on if you're high. Um. Yeah, we could. I don't know. Um. I don't even know if it's something that is interesting. I kind of it'd be interesting you as a writer to just to see how, how your mind works differently depending on the the drug that you're on. Sorry, pay don't pay attention to anything I just did. Um. Yeah. Uh. I know I do different word usage, and I. I do the uh, word repeating thing when I'm drunk where I'll find myself, especially like one smart word or polysyllabic word, I'll get caught on. And I can't think of an example right now, unfortunately, but like, let's say, uh, well, one from high school was me and my friend Rob were drunk and we're talking about transcending things. So we're in this argument about just whatever it was. And we go, no, no, you have to transcend that object. And then he's like, no, no, you have to transcend the transcend. And it just became, so it became this running joke of us transcending things because we're both drunk and we just got fucking hooked on that word. Right. And the idea of a, of a synonym was just that wasn't happening. So we were just transcending, transcendals, transcending. <laughs> right. No, you have to trans, no, no, I get that, but you have to transcend that. And it's, uh, yeah. But I, I do that. And then hi, I, um, I get I get stuck on a lot of uh, me uh, gripping seats hysterically, going "Make it stop! Make it stop! I did too much." Uh, so yeah. I, I, I've I've learned in my old age that I'm a one hit uh, kind of pot smoker, right? Not a uh, get really high guy because I uh, I I don't know. I, I read the story the other day that said depressed people actually probably have a more accurate view of reality, and I think. When when you have an accurate view of reality, and then you get stoned enough that you actually let that in and experience reality, mm -hmm. um, that's a horrible thing, and no one should go through that. So that's this is my theory for being a wussy smoker. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just think from a perspective of both speaking and then maybe writing, um, the idea that you would actually see the differences. So, like, let's say your book. Periphery. I can't even say it right. Hey, no one can. Yeah. Well, not um, no one, but I get that a lot. Yeah. How much was it written when you were stoned? How much is it written when you were drunk or sober? And can yeah. you tell? Um, no, I wrote, I mean, honestly, I, uh, I don't write anything, uh, stoned or drunk. Uh, I'll write, 
I'll write quote unquote, but I don't write the first, like when I do drafts of stuff, I don't write anything that's like, like you saw when I gave it to you and Sandra the first time, um, I write just basically like this outline chunky, like this kind of happens here. This is some dialogue here. This thing's going to go here. And I just kind of like scaffold it with chunks of actual writing in there. So I'm like, all right, I got the tone, but I don't have the writing. It's just kind of like, all right, this is tonally the way the story's going to go. And then I do the writing. So, well, that's my question. So basically, are, do you have manic phases where you're actually writing? Where you write the, the words that will end up in the book? As opposed to just a scaffolding where you are manic and you can write three pages that are like, every word is perfect in that situation. No, I mean, I'll do it, but it's with, like within the scaffolding that I can go through and be like, Okay, I know that this scene does this, and I've got some like kind of sample little chunks of like, oh, I know this is what I, I want the tone to sound like. Yeah, and then I can bang out a few pages like that. That can happen, but I just, I mean, I guess other people can do it. I don't know many people that have, but that can just bang out like really readable, really good stuff on the first draft. Like people lie about it a lot, but I don't think people really like like the famous story of Kerouac, how he wrote on the road on this one scroll of paper, horseshit. Like, apparently, like everybody knew it. Like, he already had drafts uh, all over the place, and, like, he well, basically just rewrote it onto well, that Well, isn't that what an spell. editor Doesn't the editor do that, though? I mean, couldn't you... Well, that comes later, yeah. Yeah. But, it, well, like, all right. Oh, I was pointing at you doing the <laughs> clicking thing. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. <laughs> um, Was the idea, basically, that... All right, let's... We all know this, and the Alex Class listeners, I'm sure, know this. When you're in your depressive stage, can you write? Now, do you have an opposite stage? Are you manic? I mean, do you get to where you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm feeling incredible right at this moment to counteract the depressive moments of your life? Sort of. I don't... I See, that's the thing. I never can figure out what I have is... I don't actually really believe in having things. Like, I think it's just... Uh, all that right, that's just the way I say it. Right, yeah. Is No, no, because I use that term. I use manic-depressive, but I'm not... I'm like... I don't know how to word it. Like, I'll get energetic at times, but I'm ne- I never go full mania. But I think that's because I've kind of, like, I think my first step to getting better was training myself away from mania. And then the next step is figuring out how to get around the de- depressive part. Because the mania is, is when is when it's like, all right, I'll get blown by three girls in a day and just be an asshole and just let, let like, letting... So the, it's rare. The, the, the No, no, it's not. It, I don't let that happen anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, when I was when I was in high school, I was horrible that, with that shit. I would just, you know, because I just, you know, it's like, to me, mania is like kind of like your lesser angels and, you know, letting mm-hmm. yourself kind of fall into that kind of the, I don't even know how you'd word it, like the, the, the evil part of the divine masculine, you know, where it just goes, you know, that, that conqueror aspect of everybody's personality. And I kind of learned how to deal with that first. So I don't really have like, I have the urges of a mania state, but it's usually like I can not turn it off, but channel it into something else, whatever it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. other, you know, reading, writing. Like I'm usually when I get into like a manic kind of thing, that's usually when I start reading a lot. Like I'll, you know, that's like, I won't read a book for like two months. And then like in a month, it's like, all right, 15 books, devour things, like just... And then kind of slows, but you know, ebbs back down. See that? Well, that well, this is the thing I don't, you know, and I'm not like, the clear. I, I don't have any artistic skill in the sense where I haven't found what I would do to let that stuff out, other than normal stuff during the life. Basically, there's certain things that I can do, but I don't have anything as specific as you, where you have certain tools you can talk and you can write. When I think about writers, basically, uh, the thing that comes to my mind is that they have a muse, and the muse is the one that extends them outside the norm that like people like me live in. 
Well, that's what I'm wondering about manic. I always thought the muse was just basically these people being in manic stages. Um, yeah, I I think that's kind of right on a certain way. Like uh, Voltaire famously drank like seventy cups of coffee a day, where he would he would like force himself to get into a mania state to get his writing done. Right. And he's known as you know one of the better writers ever, at least one of the better thinkers ever. Yeah, there's certainly part of that. Like uh, like I um. So my question then for you then why. Why suppress that those moments? Can you tap into that energy? Yeah, you can tap. I mean, for me, I can kind of tap the energy at times, but it's the the select. I mean, how does one word it? It's to. It would be almost like um, having a car that you can only have the pedal slammed to the ground. And you get in it while it's pointed at a telephone pole. Like it's right. so, you know, when I was a kid, I would just, I would be like, ah, telephone pole, let's go. You know? And, um, I hit a lot of telephone poles. Um, so now it's kind of that, you know, I guess learning how to, how to, you know, uh, you know, ease on the gas or something, you know, it's hard to describe, but it's, yeah, it's, it's using that state, but it's not in the kind of selectively using it it's a, it's a, uh using using petroleum to build a recycling plant like you know it's kind of harnessing like this thing that can be uber destructive if 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 given unchecked right and i think depression's the same way too like i can use depression to write like i, I wrote most of the void sutures was just really deep depressivity and i think some of the like the most beautiful stuff i've ever written is in there like there's in some that, right there. oh totally that, right and that came from directly just depressed like like there's a certain kind of mood that you can kind of tap you know, and then there's other writers that really do have that weird muse thing where they, I mean, I suppose I kind of understand it a bit where it's, sometimes it kind of comes to me and like, oh, this is weird that I'm, you know, like, where is this coming from? But it's not as much as other people were like, oh, literally this, I feel like it's not even me, like I'm channeling it. Like a lot of writers describe this. And yeah. I mean, I, you're probably right. It might be some kind of mania. It might, I mean, it's a weird thing. Just the, I think it's an insane act in and of itself. So having other aspects of insanity like we're writing things down in a book so other people can read like that right there is a really weird art is weird like it's it's essentially like a a, a slight bit of insanity yeah i mean all you look at it is is the act of creation you're a, you're a baby god you're creating something that does not exist um that in itself the idea i think is arrogance in some ways because you not in a bad way but the arrogance to say I can create something that someone else can believe in, in a way. Yeah, and and, and it, I think it's easier when you're in those states as as opposed to the norm. So I don't know how we got to this point, but it's more curious about when talking to an artist, where they write from, and if you do write when you're up and down, and whether your work is better. So I guess the, where we started, I guess, was from the drug aspect, and those are artificial means to get to those positions where you can write from yeah i mean yeah there's yeah. certainly a ton of that i mean there's uh i mean that's what i'm saying with voltaire i mean he used caffeine to get there and a lot of writers well, or, are, a lot of them or anyone yeah. i mean you know like you know painters well, just, are massively yeah. you know that way but even for you know if i look at your book what state were you in if you could say all right 90 percent of the book i wrote this in a, a state of um depression or were you just or you know doing the best i can to stay even keel no, the way I the way that I write, I mean, so that's what I was going with the scaffolding metaphor. The way that I write in the end yeah. averages out to just I wrote it when I was just being me. Is that it's not like there's a low Alex and a high Alex. There's just it's the 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 totality of the book is 
I mean, not to say that you, I mean, I, I, you know, all art is, you know, they say all art is a, is a self-portrait. So the totality of the book as a self-portrait is the, is the, is the average of the author. Yeah. So if you're writing while well, super romantic, super depressive, or if you write, or if you edit while you're this way, or you, you know, everything bouncing around kind of eventually that waveform will cancel each other out to be the dead median. Got it. The, the thrust of the writer. Right, the right. Thrust of the artist. And, so your goal is to increase the mean, right? I mean, my goal so, is just to keep working. To keep writing, yeah, I mean, right. that's, I, you know, I don't, I mean, I think about it sometimes to see how, but I kind of just know how I can be effective at times and when I'm not. And it's, I tend not to think about it in like what mood I'm in. It's just more like getting myself to do it. Because then there's other, the other side is those artists that all they do is write, 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 paint, 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 art, 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 I'm dead. You know, that's the, that's the 27 club, you know, that's the, yeah. and there is a certain, you know, uh, uh, romanticism to it, you know, of the, just get everything out of you, just explode, just burn really, really brightly, and then just gone yeah. before 30, which, I mean, I miss that club, but... Yeah, it's, it's, I'm trying to, because, you know, again, like I said before, I'm not so much an artist, but I do think, and I have ideas, I think, that are usually outside the norm, but I can always see, like, maybe once a month, I'm throwing you a softball here, um, I get this weird thing where I'm inspired, and it's the bizarrest things will pop into my head, and I do agree, like, it's like, I don't know where the hell that came from, but it's different, and it's something... If I act on within the means that I can act, and usually it's through work or something I'm doing with things that are important to me, maybe not in a way that other people are really going to see it other than the ones close to me. Um, it's bizarre when those moments happen um, in that that window. I simply I have no yeah. clue where they're coming from. Um, it's awesome, but I can't stay in it. So I couldn't sit there and say, All right, God, I'd love to write a book. Like maybe in that one day, I, I could write or whatever, something else, but then it's gone. The muse, I guess, is gone for whatever that is. I can't pinpoint what the hell it is. Well, that's that, um, yeah, that's, a, uh, did you read Stephen Pressfield, the, um, what's it called, The War of Art? No. Um, Rogan talks about it a lot, that's how I got turned on to it, but, uh, his, his kind of, his basic thing is, is essentially, like, if you want, and it's more for someone that's a little bit more, like, on the, trying to be creative on a full-time basis side, but the idea is, you know, be a professional about it, is that, like, all right, like right now, if you're not writing, just go write. You're you're supposed to be a professional. Right. Just go write. Like, there's all these like just and and a lot of it kind of and it's more so for for this side of the table of the. If I had that thought of like, oh, well, I can only write when the muse is, well, then you never. Yeah, write. you would never get anything well, out of there. I, mean, I know. That's the famous story. People are like, oh, everybody's got that great American novel, and it's like, oh, well, if I only got the, if I only did this, I only did that. A lot of it, at least for my experience, a lot of writing is just finding ways around your brain's way to make you think it's a good idea not to be writing at that moment yeah you know? I, I get it but it, the other side of it is the th fact is like outside of that a lot of times it's it's just shit the ideas you think of the the things that you do are very much in line with the norm so i can understand why an artist let's say would drink themselves into into something that would yeah. give them inspiration or smoke or do crack or fuck women whatever you know they, that they use to get into that that mode. So it's interesting to me, and that's probably a head start that you have that you can do it. You can actually write. You've figured out a way to do it without, I don't know, forcing yourself or needing a muse. Well, I mean, I definitely, for, I definitely have to force myself, but it's it's um, I forcing myself against. The, I I guess I guess I I conquered the first. I conquered the muse barrier first. Of the once I get going, I can actually do the writing. But the forcing yourself to get going, that's the, I mean, that's that struggle that, I mean, unless you're Stephen King, like, every writer has that, where it's, 
oh god to write like like that's a famous that <laughs> right. famous phrase is i you know i love having written i hate writing you know i mean i don't hate writing but oh man it's so much better when it's fucking done already like when it's just let's get fuck let's get this stupid shit over with like not the just literally the oh, i gotta move my stupid hands and so writing gonna... is work but what is this podcast or talking is that fun to you yeah, I mean, but it's it's but the work on this isn't right now. The work comes after the show's over. Where like, the editing, part, I don't want right? to sit there. I mean, it's, I, I barely edit. I mean, it's more like post production where I just have to run some filters or whatever. But it's still like, still you know, it's like an hour extra work, and yeah. it's actual work. It's not it's not fun. Like having like recording intros and like trying to mix everything so they don't blow people's ears out. Like it's it's not fun. Like it's just uh, yeah. it's not bad. This one's especially going to be hard because now you have to listen to two voices that are horrible. Um, no, uh, I don't actually listen to the voice anymore. I just looked at the spectroscope, uh, and then, it, the, then I, I just look at where the spikes are, chop them right. down, and then look for the low parts and bring them up and just go, I'm done. Right. Yeah. Hey, come on. Those guys in Philly said they liked my voice. Um, shout out to the, the Potent Brew podcast voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I still Good podcast, by the way. That was excellent. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're an interesting bunch of people. I like them because it's, they're unexpectedly, like, I mean, I mean this in a very positive way. They're unexpectedly smart. Like, you kind of think, like, ah, they're just going to be these guys hey, we're from Philly, like, just being, like, yeah, these Yeah, I mean, that, you guys. do get that stereotype with the Philly guys because... But they're actually, yeah, they're just like... They oh. were, I know. You got booked in. You were booking by... Yeah, Chomsky was a couple weeks after me, which I And thought... who was it before? There was somebody else. I thought Oh, they yeah, had... yeah, uh, 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 McKenna's brother. Uh, um, I can't think of his Dennis. first name. No, no, Dennis McKenna's the, the dead one, uh, his brother. No. Dennis is the... Oh, Terrence is the dead Terrence one. is the dead Sorry, one. Sorry, yeah, see, that's absolutely right. I, just, I was going to do his voice, but I can't. I, I, that, guys. Uh, you know, here's that's my actual major problem with McKenna. Is it, it, twofold. One, that whole Time Wave Zero thing, it was completely wrong and based on shitty evidence. For some reason, everybody just, like, just looks past that and they're like, oh, Sage McKenna, Jesus McKenna. He, 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 his major life's work was fucking wrong is wrong like it didn't well i think that put him on the the map but i don't think after that it he kind of stopped talking because if you ever listen to his his talks he he kind of goes in a different way i think other people have blown up that because i thought it that was, was more just, of a theory i thought no, that was you, he did at the end i thought that was the no that that was his when when he went whatever that's called wherever they went down to in in peru wherever yeah, it was yeah. that's what he came out with oh, basically that's right. okay, right. but he continued to um experiment i mean his i think the big thing that he's known for is the the stoned ape theory oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's what he and which which nobody's proven that wrong and it's got a lot of i don't know I, it's it's a it's interesting theory i don't know if anybody's really followed up on the idea but it kind of makes sense yeah um uh, i should relook at that um no the theory is fine it makes sense but it's one of those ones that makes sense in a not anthropologist way makes sense not well, how would say, you? Not to say that I'm an anthropologist. What I'm saying is, like, it, it's got that kind of that casual person a, a, a feel to it, where that just makes me immediately suspect that that sounds too good. So therefore, it's probably wrong. Because like some scientist guy probably has like a thing in his lab. He goes, "No, look right here. That's obviously not right." Like, but us normal people that don't have the PhD well, in anthropology don't have that whatever that data set is. True, yeah. but I mean, they're pretty much down the rat. You know, their own little hole. Where I think sometimes like oh we we haven't found the pottery shards where they explain the mushrooms, you know what people fucking eat and they eat everything they ate mushrooms. What was the impact? Oh no, what I mean, you know, I don't mean that way. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying right. to disprove it. I just mean we. I I just think if we talk to like, uh, I I keep talking about this. I keep wanting. To, I gotta get in touch with uh, PSU. Is I want to talk to like 
their anthropology teacher, their Egyptology, if they have one, and talk to them about this shit that they're not, they've no stake in, like the weird side of them. But like, look, let me yeah. tell you what these weirdos think. I'm one of them. Can you tell me why this is wrong? And I have it like the, like the, um, the aquatic ape hypothesis. It is such a sexy theory. That's why we, we have less, uh, that's why our hair went away. That's like why we can swim. Like, Look, what, I, you got to catch aquatic, me up on that one. Ape, we live by the water, so no, we... we lived in the water for a while. We were an aquatic ape. Like, not gills, but like we lived kind of, I guess, marshlands, you would say, or swamp, or, or right. essentially we were kind of reptile or amphibian. The one that's half water, half land. Like, we went through a stage where we were kind of an aquatic ape. Okay, and yeah, this, that it, makes sense. It, yeah. well, that's the thing makes sense really sexy theory that i heard this anthropologist guy like no are you fucking retarded like it was like, like it was on this youtube video of this like high-end phd you know oxford kind of anthropologist like no there's no evidence of that at all that wouldn't even make sense and he just goes like no because this would happen this would happen this would happen just this litany of that theory only works because oh yeah but i mean if you're basing your entire theory like oh the human race is based on that moment in time yeah, that totally. Yeah, no. I can understand why that would be ridiculous, but you could also argue, all right, the guys that live up in the the highlands of the Himalayas, they they have evolved a better form of breathing. They utilize oxygen in a different way, and it's proven. Now, d- does that mean that you know there were people who lived near the water or semi oh, no, I mean, people who did shape some of the evolution of the human race, and then therefore that you know. They made it and, you know, well, no, it, it the, carried through with us. No, the you idea is like I mean? the, the reason, the, the re- nah, yeah, yeah, that's the reason right, yeah. we don't have hair like the other great. Anybody says the, yeah. the reason, I kind of go, well, well, that's, the that's bullshit. Thing is the reason our brain expanded was because of, you know, it's funny. No, no, I mean, he's, yeah. I don't think he says that is. I think it's a good theory and oh, no, it's but, better than anybody else is bringing forward. No, but what I'm saying is the, the theory is, is that are, is that, that that's the, that, and I like the theory. I mean, honestly, I kind of, I tend to think it's true, but it's just every time something that sexy comes through, yeah, it it just immediately rings these bells of I know there's probably a video of a of a traditionally trained anthropologist that can point to gene sequences and going like no it happened because of this like just you know because there's these vast swaths of shit that like we hear about like uh like going to the the ancient you know ancient world uh, old world hypothesis you know like ten thousand whatever years ago that there was a civilization that was free yeah so all, like a lot of this evidence is this weird dilution and it comes from these fucking uh, a lot of it overlaps with these stupid uh, ancient alien people where a lot of the evidence that was gathered and, and people at home i'm doing air quotes around evidence even though i actually did it around gathered but I, i'm white and not very coordinated um is from sitchin and these other like these kind of essentially horseshit people like like zachary sitchin he's the one that came up with the whole anunnaki and he read yeah this that there of, there is a 10 planet that comes shows yeah, up every Nibiru, so often yeah. and throws us off well i i was you know so i i've read about that for years and and that's kind of the founding stone of like 90 percent of this shit like all like all of the not all of but a significant amount of like the evidence for like the 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 uh, what's it called the antediluvian society like the pre-flood world a lot of the evidence of like of the societies come from like very few sources. Like Atlantis shows up in one book, Plato. Plato, one book. That's it. Well, it's no, a- no, you can argue. I mean, the word Atlantis doesn't, but you can argue the Noah's story. No, no, I'm saying you know like, the flood the- myths kind of correspond with that there was something more before. No, no, even the bat, the Tower of Babel, that was all before the flood. But what I'm saying is, is the I'm saying specifically that see, right, right now what we're doing is we're conflating all these these similar ish oh yeah so like i'm fine with that but i'm saying like so if you take it down to their like root sources atlantis has one source 
Like the, the the island that was amazingly sophisticated, and because of their avarice, was sunk into the sea. It was a metaphor. No, there's another word for it too. There's another. No, there's, there's a, no, there's another culture that calls know, it something else. I, yeah, yeah, it's right. Like, Lemuria, Mu, right. uh, 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 the one in Tibet, which I can't think of the name of. Uh, uh, what's the one? Shangri La. Uh, like yeah, no, there's a ton of these lost societies, but yeah. I mean the island one that that sank and gave. That's one book it comes from. Uh, Lemuria was supposed to be before that. Mu is supposed to be over in Tibet land. Changala is supposed to be over that way. So we've got all these ones. And yeah, these similar stories. But you can see how they all start getting combined so that like all the evidence for any given one of them now gets to be thrown into the pile for evidence. Even though these are supposed to be evidence of other things. Yeah, I, I think the problem is you're, you, you might be looking or listening to people who are arguing that this is what happened, as opposed to oh, saying. Oh no, not at all. No, no, no. As opposed to saying, no. Look, there are myths that correspond around the world for something that happened, um, and there is some evidence, and 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 I think there are theories being thrown out. And I yeah. actually, you know, this is a, a a thing I have with science lately, is the idea basically that theories, or even the ideas of presenting theories, there's science is so down these roads. That it's hard for them to reverse. It's really hard that a theory only has to be built on top of all the preconceived notions that are already set. Now, I get it. It makes total sense. That's what science is supposed to do. But I don't think science has all the answers from the early stages of things. Oh, no, yet. of course not. I, right. Yeah. So what I, what I don't get sometimes is the idea that there's nothing wrong with theorizing. Because there's a lot of well, unanswered questions. No, but here's the problem is... I know, that's what I'm saying. You don't listen to the guy with the hair from Greece. No, 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 not that. I'm just, again, this is a verbiage yeah. problem. They, no one has put a theory of Atlantis out. They put a hypothesis. Yeah. There, there's a huge difference. Oh, right, right. Sorry, right. Hypothesis, yes. Decades right, yes. of intricate study. Yeah. But, this is, but this leads to this weird bias, and that's why I kind of sympathize with some of the scientists that just like are shaking their heads at some point and go, yes. It's the theory of evolution because it's the theory of fucking gravity, you idiot. I drop a pan, it falls. It's a theory. It's You don't understand what right, the fucking yes. You're so right. I know. Yeah, I just, yeah totally I, I, right. I, yes. I, I sympathize I with them on that level. But no, you're, I absolutely think the human history story is, is flawed. We're much older than we think we are. Mm-hmm. I just think that some of the evidence that gets used oh, totally. is completely fucked because it comes from this weird kind of overlapping source. The same as this, uh, uh, the ancient alien shit where Sitchin was wrong. I mean, if you look at the, the entire uh, uh, Sumerian tablets are translated online. Yeah. If you look at his translations, there's not a single one of them are right. Like this guy, Michael Heiser, who's uh, he's a, uh, a PhD in uh, Hebraic languages and, you know, computer scientist, genius a la carte. He 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 goes so far as to say he doesn't even think Sitchin spoke Sumerian. Like he doesn't even think he thinks right. this was just literally cold from the ether, made up, and pretty much all of the suppositions from there fall apart and go away. And that goes to everything to the Dogon tribe, which they also say Nibiru and all that other shit. Yeah, but those words were attributed because Sitchin originally wrote the words via you know, and then we would follow the the awful train. Right, right. So the flood myth goes the same way. So. It's similar-ish, but Atlantis is an earthquake that sank the the earthquake that sank an island. Uh, Noah is a flood that flooded the entirety of the earth. Uh, uh, the Epic Gilgamesh says every person on the earth was killed because the gods were mad at they were too uh, loud, and he was also on a boat. But then the uh, the only reason they lived is because God gave them the uh, the uh, elixir of eternal life, uh, Utanapishtim, the world's last man. Right. So yeah, those are similar, but. They're not similar in, in a way that it's not like the same way of like, oh, well, the like 
oh, you know, the, the, the moon eats the sun or the darkness eats the sun. <laughs> no, this is a common theme across all of, across all of, you know, kind of ancient cultures. It's like, that's a, that's a common phrasing of like, yeah. the, the sun is eaten. We don't go, well, obviously this is evidence that the ancients knew that there actually is a sun devourer in the sky and it is re-shit up from its womb in the morning. But for some reason we take these, because that's an, that's a really easy tale to come up with. Where do we come from? We come from water. It's the most intrinsic thing to us. Why would you not have your origin myth to do with water? Right. I mean, there's, that's the one that makes, and I think the flood thing is, does come from a common ancestry, but it gets so lumped in with all these stories. Like Atlantis has nothing to do with that. Like the story has nothing to do with it other than this weird, like it actually comes from Edgar Casey, the, the, the psychic guy back in the, whatever the fuck that was. The, well, he fought. Yeah. He's the one that actually presented it further. Or wasn't it Bacon? Was the guy's last name Bacon or something? It, that actually rebrought like it was a 1700s or something. The yeah. English guy actually brought it back and kind of. I think you did what, the myths over again. Basically, I think there is one. And it became fashionable. I think there is one earlier than that. Yeah, but the yeah. one that turned into kind of the new age movement that Atlantis had crystal energy and that shit comes from Sir Edgar Casey, the the sleeping psychic, and he was that was in the twenties ish. No, I mean anybody who says yeah. they know what any is it's total bullshit. Oh no, I'm just it's saying. Just, like, uh, but I'm saying if we follow that narrative route, like if it's somehow we could pluck him out of the equation, yeah, what we're left with is one book, and then it, describing Atlantis, an island with ringed cities that sunk. Then another book of uh, no, you know what? I, you know what we have? We have basically humans alive during the ending of the last ice age, and there is absolutely no doubt that. That had effect on the consciousness of us as oh, yeah, a giant fine. tribe. Narrative being passed down verbally yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and that's all I'm saying is that in some ways, all of these probably are tied to the fact that th there is a memory yeah. to, uh, of these. Well, and some are better than others. Well, it's like an archetype of a story that gets passed down, like an origin myth that gets passed yeah. down. So it's like these kind of archetypes. Right. But then yeah. you add in the fact that, you know, for the Western world at least, which kind of dominated, you know, for the last 2,000 years, you know, there was a thousand years of Christian rule that basically wiped out our history in many senses. We don't know really much about what happened. I mean, you can look at like something like Egypt and just, you know, look at those fucking things. I don't know what they came from, where they came from, the knowledge yeah. they had. The Greeks actually but why that, don't yeah. we know it? The we Greeks. don't. Well, I, it, why, I don't mean that. <laughs> I We don't know anything it's been wiped out but when you look it's like my god yeah. what they had was stunning yeah well i mean what so I, that yeah. and again that's we don't you know the yeah. timing of that is a little bit later oh no i'm just saying but like that the loss of that is library of alexandria is is that's was where they kept everything the ancient world knew about ancient egypt or it was Kemet back then but like was kept in the library of alexandria and when it burned which they don't think it actually burned but the first time it got destroyed in some variety apparently it burned like five times like I mean, yeah I it was burned that. three times yeah. i think the caliphate or whatever was the last one where the yeah. the they he basically wiped it out but um uh I, i'm researching because the next book did we I, just it, lose every listener with our no this no, this, this is, topic it, oh this fuck, is what alex Gass talks about no, but i don't i don't want them if they can't <laughs> listen to that fucking fast forward um i mean i'll probably talk about something else equally nerdy but um this is what happens when you don't actually answer his tweets about what you want to hear us talk about yeah exactly well it's a bunch of apathetic shit <laughs> No offense, I love you guys. Really, it's really great. Thank you for all your help and love. It's really wonderful. buy his books. I already spent like twenty five hundred dollars buying them. That's because bullshit. I just want. 
I can't even do the math of how fucking off that number is. <laughs> I ran out of money in September, so that's why his sales in October were so... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, my sales in October went to, uh... Yeah, what happened? So, how many sales were in October? Uh, no, like, no, li- literally... How do you, a negative one? Somebody gave, sent it back? No, I mean, I'm being facetious, I meant, like... I got it, I, I know. Gave, I gave away a few, not a few, you know, I gave away, like, three, and then I think I sold one. It's, it's... One. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've just kind of come to the conclusion that, uh, there's nothing I can fucking do about this, because, uh, you know, right now I'm talking to, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, it's... 2,000, 2,100 people, something like that. You know, there's not a lot more I can do. Like, that's a lot of people for me to be talking to uh, for being some schlub from Jersey that, like, can say some <laughs> random shit. Like, I mean, I have a, I have, I have as big of an audience as, as I could possibly expect. Uh, and and if that is, you know, what, what am I, I'm handcuffed by by uh, people's lack of wanting to read or apathy or whatever it is. But um, I, here's the thing. It's a fucked up book. Um you have to have a brain to really get into this because it works on so many different levels. But I can understand people going like, oh, fuck, man, I can't get into this. Yeah, they would, no, no. Be, but I, I know, I know, no, I know, They would Alex. have to read it first. I know, they would have to read no, it. No, see, your entire, your I got entire it. argument is it's, it's a straw man because but, you have to but, read all right, it listen, first. So say, say 25% of the Alex cast buys it. Which is, yeah, we're nowhere near that. Yeah. All right, we're nowhere near that. All right, yeah. so, so 10%? Uh, Maybe 10%. Let's just say 10%. Yeah, let's... Five. I guarantee yeah. you, though, no one outside the Alex cast is going to find this fucking thing. So you you have 2,000 people that you can rely on to actually purchase this thing. So, yeah, maybe over time we can get that 10% up to 15%. Well, I think we got to get the 10 first. 10%. Yeah. What's 10%? No, that'd be 200. Of 2,000, 10% is 200, right? Is that yeah, how that works? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's probably about 10%. It went all said and done if you count. Um, the Oro yeah, but you Kindle. kicked ass on your book when you had the the book thing, right? Yeah. When you went, actually, that was good. Yeah, I sold more than I thought I was going to. But um, well, I look, I, I follow these two people. Well, actually, one of them is that crazy Zelazny's kid that's yeah. trying to become a writer, basically. Um, and uh, there's another guy that we used to work with that actually just wrote a book. And what they have to do to sell the books is depressing. It's like they really have to sell themselves. I mean, every night they're trying to do things, and yeah. two people. Uh, it, it really the work you do to actually get this thing out there it, it's got to build if you get through it a lot of confidence or uh, thick skin because I, I don't i mean things they're doing i'm like holy shit you have to sit in a room and do a reading with two people yeah it's, that's uh, fucking brutal yeah it's gross yeah, now you haven't you haven't taken that step right i mean you haven't gone and done a reading well no because at a bar well because they um well, I, the other book I was going to go that way, but I didn't. But um, oh, the Void uh, Sutras actually yeah. would be suited better for that. right? Well, I did and some of that stuff I had read yeah, in front yeah. of an audience before. But um, if they're going through, I don't know if they're going through a, a publisher or not. But going through a publisher's no, reason, they're not. I I didn't go through a publisher, so I didn't have to. Because a publisher, all can really do for a, a first time writer is get them, you know, a couple of like shitty gigs, maybe, and get you in bookstores, which there aren't that many. And that's about it these days. No, I know yeah. that neither one of them have. I yeah. just—it's not easy. It's hard, and no, it, you I, know, I, it's I'm, like I'm, really I'm, hard, especially when you have something so outside the norm. Yeah. I'm well familiar as this yeah. book, yeah. and yeah. it is—it's outside the norm, but it's—it's yeah. it's good. It's a good book. Yeah, uh, the um, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. it whatever. It's you know, it, it is what it is. It's you know, it's the book that I put out. So why don't we tease the next idea about what? What are you going to write next? I don't know. Um, I'm I'm I've written three issues of a comic book. You don't series. have a muse. <laughs> um. No, I've got three issues of a comic book series uh, that that are that are written ish outlined, 
uh, I've outlined the characters in the series and I outlined three issues. And then uh, my buddy Mateo is uh, reading it, giving a crack to see if he uh, thinks he can do the art for it. He's a good artist. So seeing if he wants to join up and I'm going to work on that. I'm definitely going to finish that if he says, okay, because you know, what the fuck I, I think it'd be a cool comic book. And then uh, I've got two, three novel ideas. And every time I I go, oh, that's it. I'm committed to that one. The other one starts talking to me and it's like, oh, I'm committed to that. And I mm. can't. So right now more was just working on the, uh, the comic book and I'm working on a thing called, uh, I don't actually have the name yet, but it's a, a, a like, I think I'm calling it something along the lines of the suicide chronicles, the depression chronicles, something like that. And it's going to be nonfiction of, uh, essentially like what we started talking about of nonfiction of like what it's like in, in a depressed person's head and how I kind of managed to deal with it a little bit. Like that's interesting. Why this one dude on Twitter, like reached out to me to ask me like how I managed to like keep doing the show and write and whatever, like with, you know, with a head like mine. And I was like, I wrote him back. I'm like, man, it's tough. And, you know, kind of told him how I, you know, the, the methodologies I use. And he was cool. He's like, man, that really helps a lot. Like, I mean, it really helps to see someone like be open about it. And, and, right. and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I think about it enough that I might as well write some of it down and I have like enough of these weird little things. So it's just going to be like a bunch of little like short essay things. That's good. I yeah. think that, that would, yeah, because it could be helpful too. I, here's a question. You know, we share same parents and whatnot. Do you like? Oh wait, hold on you... a second. Forty minutes in. This is my brother Craig. I'm talking to. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Uh, I never actually introduced <laughs> you in the beginning. <laughs> so, do you when you walk around? I mean, you're not walking around like Charlie Brown with your head down. Do you are you in a constant? Like, is your norm depression? Like, I, I I don't know how it works in the sense where like I can tell you from my perspective when I was younger. I don't know if I was ever depressed, but I was definitely um, nervous wreck. So everything was about fear. Yeah. I was just scared shitless. Now, you probably know, I grew up next to a, a fire station. My father thought it was cool, but there was a fire alarm right next to it. Every, so every time it came off for a year, this thing is screaming in my ears. So I think I got all fucked up. My brainwaves mm. made patterns where I was scared shitless constantly in a study. Constantly. Yeah. So over time, that's been my battle. So it's never been like, other than when I drink, the next day I'm depressed. Never really been depressed in the sense I, I, I don't think I have been. So for you, is it constant? Do you wake up and go, ah, I'm fucking depressed today, or is well, it? Well, that that happens a lot, but it's kind of like okay, like in the in the in the nonfiction book I'm writing, I got one section that's called uh, "She'll Never Know Her Left Breast Almost Killed Me." Was <laughs> I was walking by Powell's and this girl had this really low cut shirt on. I saw the side of her wrestle like, oh, that girl is perfect. And I was just like, I, I can only describe it as like, I felt every bit of alone in the universe as a person can feel. And it was just like the, 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 the entire weight of, yeah, we're just, you were just empathy bags just walking around and this entire thing is pointless and that's fucked and up everyone... you confuse the muse yeah well no no you confuse the muse you should see that titty and go oh my god i'm so fucking inspired i gotta write uh yeah maybe uh i, I suppose but i mean you know enough people wrote books about tits you know it's <laughs> right. i mean but most of the renaissance was about boobs like I, you know it's, i'm not gonna say anything new but like that it'll just be like this occasional stab of like oh this is the worst feeling you can ever have um but usually it's it's never like a it's like a, um, it's not like a radiant background noise of like, I mean, some days it is where it's just like, like, um, like just like literally like a, like an independent little rain cloud following me, you know? But, like, but yeah. like that example of the, the, the tits, that was an outside influence creating your mood. 
So the chemical reaction that happened in your brain to put you in depression, that wasn't anything wrong with your brain. Your your wires triggered that from your viewing of the boob, right? Well, yeah. So but- you don't that's what I'm saying. Is that different than waking up going, fuck, I'm depressed? Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, I also do the fuck, I'm depressed, wake up. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's it's a little, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it matters that it's different. I just mean, there is. Well, it, the cause of it does matter. So that's why I'm curious, like, weird, because I just assume. Oh, see, no, I see what you're asking. Uh, let me, yeah, I should probably, yeah, yeah. It's not the cause that it is. It's the cause that I let it happen. What I mean is that. If I just go, oh, I'm just going to take away all my wards. Not that I would, I could do this at this point, but like if somehow I could have taken down all the ways I've learned how to cope with this world and like all the shit I've learned over the years and somehow I could just like live as a naked me for a second, like yeah. without all the work I've done, I think every second would be a stabbing, oh my God, I really need to die immediately, like panic, like holy crap, jump off a bridge. But that's not there because I just learned to deal with it. I've learned to kind of like either channel it one way or turn it into something positive or whatever that is. So your natural state is that? No, no, not anymore. What I'm saying is like, I mean, I guess if there is a, a natural brain chemistry, it'd be leaning towards that, but it's not like my natural state. Like it's not, I would, ha- I don't have like a choice to go there. It's just at some point it started to occur to me like that thought process. And I started to build up like kind of wards and, and protections against it and kind of, you know, like everybody does. But I'm just curious whether if the outside world, say tomorrow, your book sold a million copies, would you still be depressed? Uh, yeah, but less so on for, but yeah, less so though. I still would be depressed, but not, there'd be a lot of it that would go away because there's a lot of like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like, there's a lot tied up in going to like some shitty job that I'm too smart for. I mean, it sounds arrogant, but I'm too smart for that job. And it's a shitty job. So there's a lot of time. So if I sold a million copies, I wouldn't have to go to work. And then that's like, oh, cool. There's there's a here. Let me just take a weight off of that. And then, you know, uh, not having to go to work anymore. Uh, you know, so, oh, hey, I get to get a proper amount of sleep. And OK, there's that. Got it. So, so like, can you like all right, if you're getting a blowjob, can you be depressed? I mean, not that if uh, like from a like not from a hooker or something, I can understand that being depressing. But like. You know, like, can you be depressed at that moment? So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, no, I don't. I, 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 I mean, I don't think I could. Uh, so then, that's the question. I never tried. <laughs> so you're, it's, it's your, it's you can control it, basically, right? Is what you're telling me because it's the outside world that is creating yeah, kinda, this. But I mean, what I would relate it to, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a particularly angry person. Like, I don't. No, I know. Like the idea of so, like, so the next time you're angry, just stop. Is it like that's kind of like that would be the relation is well you can control it because you're not always angry so just stop next time just immediately. Well, a lot of people have to to learn and to live in society. They no, do. But, what I'm saying is no, I don't, I'm not yeah, trying to be. I, what I, I guess I'm saying is no, that no, I'm just saying that's like the it's best not example. Like, right. What I'm saying is though that you have the ability to hack your brain then that you're that the the pathways that you have for whatever reason tied to depression and that it's not a chemical imbalance like say somebody's crazy. They're crazy because their brain is chemicals are fucked up or whatever. Their wires are fucked up. I'm trying to figure out you in the sense where I really don't understand. I'm trying to know. Well, okay, here, let me put it this way. Like that. All right. So with the wiring example, like, you know, that you can re- you can hack your brain. Yeah. Why would a healthy brain ever start doing the wiring towards depression? 
Well, that's what I mean. That's your environment. I don't know. Like I told you, my no, see, I don't issue. Know if, see, I don't know if that's it, yeah. That's what all, I mean. See, I don't know if that's all environment. I, I I think there's definitely a brain component to it. Like I I like my issue. I stumbled on my shit, which was so weird when I found out. Basically, probably telling too much now. Um, it was all my stomach. My stomach was making my brain go fucking haywire of fear and the stupidest things, just the dumbest shit. I'd be scared shitless. Hide, hide, flight, run, run. It's yeah. all flight reaction. Figured out my stomach, got my stomach work basically clean, fixed, whatever. And then all of a sudden the brain started working clear. It was the oddest thing. Like, wow, this is what normal humans think like. But it was weird because it was controllable, but you had to figure out the source. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 experimented with just about every aspect of of what could possibly be described as Alex. So I don't I don't know that there is a the only I can say the only thing that ever showed a, 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 an effect of of like hey this actually like really uh, helps me not be depressed yeah. is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors is SSRIs. I took them and went oh this is what regular people feel like. I know, but does that fake it? Meaning. It, well, well it, no, it's your, it's not giving you any chemicals. It's just allowing you to, to measure out your chemicals. Oh, is that what it is? That's I don't liter- know what, like, It's yeah. literally selective uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So the idea is, um, I'm not even going to word it because everybody that knows what they're talking about will yell at me. But the idea is it's it's just using your natural reservoirs better is like probably the... So that's what I mean. Yeah. So do you, is it because your brain, for whatever reason, maybe we don't know why, whatever reason, the way you think triggers the wrong imbalance. That you literally are in control by the way you think. I mean, your tit story kind of gave that away. That it's well, yeah, but what for you, whatever reason. But yeah. whatever reason. So how do you hack that? How do you change? Well, no, I mean, I think I'm just a little confused by what what you're. What do you think the? I mean, everything is your brain. I mean, so it's right, but there are different ways of actually. No, but that's what I'm just going back to the anger yeah. thing. Is is just stopping angry? Uh, uh, well, stopping dumb. Stopping. I mean. That's well, no, brain. it's no, it's totally different. That, that you know, like well, not the anger thing. Anger's well, no, no, I yeah. think no anger. And no, like I, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of people who do have to work on their anger, and it's about tra- training, retraining yeah. the way the brain works. So the same reaction of like, you know, the your wife doesn't clean right, you're not going to punch her in the fucking face because you're angry. Well, about it depends it. how bad she cleaned. That, yeah, good point. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I saw dishes were left out. I mean, come on, put a roof over your head. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's a fucking spot. Yeah. Um, but you see what I mean? I, I, I don't. And maybe it's reading all the, I don't know, Sandra reads all these crazy um books about that you are basically in control the of of your brain. It's just difficult if you have established pathways. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, that's the basis of therapy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's not control in a in a turn it off sense, it's control and a, yeah, you can relearn behavior, which is, but I think that's what, what, I mean, at least for me, that's what I'm working on. I think that's what everybody else with depression is working on. Oh no, no, there's you know, no doubt. Not, but that's what I mean. If you had somebody sucking your dick for 24 hours, would your pathways be fixed? Well, no, at some point, at, at some point you would, you would stop. I mean, the reason that that's there is because of novelty. So, you know, it's, it's essentially like that stops being, I mean, even the dick thing, that's, that's stupid. I know, too, I, I know. I'm just using that as a, yeah. No, no, but that's one of those, because that actually depresses me afterwards, because it's like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing? You know, this poor girl. Um, but, uh, you like, I changed it to girl. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, there's ways to do it, but it's not like, it's not, it's not like you can, like, it's not like you, like, here's, here's the thing that people always talk about, like, oh, all you need is a big dose of mushrooms and your brain's going to be cleared right up. No, what you need is vast amounts of self-introspection to the point that you realize, oh, this will help me and this will, like, this will, 
this will give me that boost to get someplace. Not there, there's no panacea. There's no like, oh, here, take this pill, and now you're immediately cured. Yeah, that that's doesn't good. Yeah. exist. Yeah. Like you need the introspection, and that's where I am now. Where I mean, I started out as a as a as a just a myth misanthropic, just horrible human hater for years. What? And, when did that start? Uh, like in high school, I I was just a. I was just an arrogant, horrible fucking person. All right, just yeah. so everyone knows, basically, I'm 10 years older than Alex, so I left when I'm gonna. I probably left when you were like 12. No, and no, I was older than that. No, because at 22, I went to Florida. Oh, okay, yeah. So but, I went to college. Yeah, but you were coming home still because I remember my first girlfriend. Yeah, I would work in the summer, uh, but I didn't yeah. get to see you in the formative years, so yeah. I didn't know what was going on with you. Well, that was even before that, you know, like. I was probably like, basically once I started going out with that Jen girl, like the, the Brazilian one, you bet you probably ran into her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is like, I had a hot girlfriend. I was smarter than most of the people I knew. I, you know, I was, school was easy and I just had a fucking head full of, you know, well, wait, hey, all right, let me back up then. When did you know you were smarter than everyone you knew? No, I mean, which, I, which, this I don't, is New no, no, Jersey, but, so it's not like it's. No, but here's the thing. I don't know that. I'm, I'm using the words. I know, I but at the used. time, yeah. you know, like I always thought that when you, I mean, I used to watch you come off the bus. And there was just something different about you because you were, it's hard to explain. You would just walk around looking at things and just like separate, but you were always like kind of separate. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the block, we, we, we had kids all over the fucking place. You just always seemed out of it watching everyone. Yeah. That was actually my first realization of the depression thing long before I, I knew what depression was, was I remember watching, um, my friends at Crystal, we were sitting on that, that weird little shitty dock area of Crystal Lake, uh, like on the, Beside that's going up the hill, you know, where the parking lot is? Yeah. And uh, uh, Crystal Lake's this uh, lake at the end of our block that we grew up on. Not and, the uh, one, yeah. Uh, but I was watching them, and they're talking about, I think they're talking about Monty Python, if I remember. And I was, I, I think I was like one pubic hair year old. Like, I mean, I was like, <laughs> no. you know, whatever age that is. And I remember sitting there while they're talking about Monty Python and imagining a nuclear holocaust and how it would ruin this really nice <laughs> lake. And and it occurred to me, I'm like, that's weird. Like, I remember that. I remember, I remember right. cleanly that, that this moment of like, oh, yeah, oh, well, that's awkward. But no, I got really, really arrogant in high school. And then, uh, and then Jen and I broke up and, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be unhinged, you know, uh, did you? male-centered idiocy. And oh, she crashed you then? When No, no, it wasn't No, it wasn't that. It was that she kind of kept me as a good person. Like, having oh, her around kind of... Oh, oh, like, having... Because she was, like, this beautiful, really high She energy. was beautiful, yeah. I, I mean, like... Good spirit. Yes, like, Yeah, she had a good too. spirit. Like, really positive. Like, she was so helpful to keep me in check that it was, like, it kind of kept the silly side of me intact. Got it. And then the, when she goes away, it's just like, oh... Mephistopheles, please come here. I would like to introduce you to uh, all the bisexual art students I know. And it's just, you know, it's yeah. Just... But that, I guess that's my question. Then, like, you you feel like like where did that come from? That that I don't I don't want to call it evil, but like where did was it? I mean, I don't think. I mean, you were look. We had the same parents. Did they? They don't think they raised you any different than. Well, they might have raised you a little bit different than me. But where, like, what was that? Where did that come from? I, was it in you? Was it innate? Um. No, I mean, I, I mean, again, even, even evil is like a weird term. It's, it's, uh, dark, dark or bestial probably is better. Like, uh, <laughs> like it's monkey logic. It's, it's using the monkey instead of using the human. Like it's, it's allowing the, uh, the, the jerk off, jerk off, jerk off, punch that guy, jerk off, jerk off. Like, oh really? Not punching anybody. never violent, but you know, that monkey kind of, uh, whatever that, you know, whatever that, uh, I guess super ego in the, in, in, you know, uh. the, in the psychological terms, but, um. 
Well, I always thought like the three. Well, I mean, the three of us. If anybody, I don't know if you know the the story here. So, I always was growing up was identifying with like I guess you would know this like the idea of Loki. Yeah. That it wasn't so much evil, but more like I don't know chaos. Well, at least that was me. Like there was a certain enticement to chaos. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of a dark side. I don't know. I and and but I don't know where that came from. I, you know, I look and maybe it was our father. I don't know. Well, that's but, I, I tend to I tend to go back to him on a lot of that stuff because there there was a there was a um I I I'm not I'm not trying to be shitty on him because lastly you know when I saw that here I really kind of uh kind of crossed like a real catharsis line of kind of like oh yeah I really let my hate for you go now it's just like <laughs> oh you just you're this tiny little old man like you know it's just kind of the Ah, uh, you're you're sweet in your own way. You're just you know you're yeah. just this you know you're just a you're you're a kind-hearted racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're oh, what a nice pile of garbage. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, I think I think some of that that kind of that that because I know it influenced me a lot. That some of that darkness uh, that came from him is uh, I think maybe there there's some of that like that because you do look up to you know the father figure in your life and you know our our ours is this. You know, kind of at least for for my existence, you know, this solitary basement dweller. You know, that's yeah. Uh, see, he wasn't around yeah. when I was around, so there was nobody. I just took care of myself because they weren't around. Yeah. So it was weird. Like I didn't know that basement guy. He was just gone. So we were just ran wild. I mean, like feral kids. Yeah. It was well, a little a little bit different because you had. It was a change. It was kind of odd. You kind of were in a different generation pool, and everything was changing, especially where we grew up. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, guys, there yeah, was yeah. like this weird shift. Brad was right in the middle, and then yeah. you were on the other side of it. But um, our block if, was very odd. We had, I think, every person on the block had like multiple kids, Italian, you know, Catholic kids, just all over the friggin' place. And um, it was a good childhood, but it, with no rules. And all the parents were somewhat um, they would egg you on. So it was a little bit crazy place to grow up. And I think everyone would agree. Um, but that shifted with the way culture was shifting at the time. And you could kind of see that that freedom and the stuff that you could, you know, we would just close the street down and do whatever we wanted in there was ending. So by the time you came along, it, it, I don't know, it was weird. It was like the confinement. It's almost like dad in a basement was reflective of what was happening in the culture. Yeah. I mean, I did. Yeah, it was definitely there, but I still had a lot more freedom than most of the people I grew up around. Like, oh, that, that, oh, yeah. true. But that, the, the entire yeah. culture was going that yeah. way. But that neighborhood, that yeah. neighborhood still echoed with you guys. So I got away with uh, like, not all the shit you guys did, but yeah, that's, I was still, I was still free range. Maybe not feral. I was free range. Like, free uh, range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's probably part of it. That, that whole yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's I whatever. I'll just blame Dad. It's easier. But uh, <laughs> well, it's weird. It was just a, it's an odd thing to see that because it's about you know like I don't know if you've gone into the generations and the way gen- generations do influence the way you think. Yeah, it, you may not want to believe that, but they kind of do. So like for you, I I try to identify where the hell you belong, and you kind of don't fit. Well, I'm directly in between. Yeah, I know. According to some people's charts, I'm Gen X like you. I'm the last year of Gen X, and the other charts, I'm the first year of. Whatever, whatever that bullshit is. Followed. What is that anyway? Is think, that the millennials? No, that... no, that's Gen Y and then the millennials. I think. Uh, I, I mean, the point is, like, uh, yeah, no, I was in between the two. So that's I was always, you know, so I'm older than most of my friends that are my age. Like, so I end up like, because like, I remember yeah. you and Brad's childhood almost. Like, so I have like, like I almost remember the '70s having been born in 1980. Like, because it's like they, those echoes were still around yeah, when I was I know. a kid. You it was know? weird, yeah. But uh, 
No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I know. There's no generation for me, but that's fine. That that fits my personality fine. But uh, you know, I I don't know because generations it's kind of weird because like you know again, mom and dad were supposed to be you know that's the peace stick generation. So you know they you know yeah they, you would expect them to have been left leaning, but I imagine you know dad dad probably had a fucking black armband back in high school. You know, no, he was different. Remember, he wrote poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, I I I say that like it's true because mom says that, but then dad always follows up with one of his rude poems, and I wonder if maybe they're just this isn't true. Like this is like some kind of some kind of Stockholm syndrome he that was over different. the years. He was no, different. no, that's fine. I'm just saying over the years that um, you know, the these stories get repeated that it starts to become uh, yeah, I know to you become mean. the truth instead of being you know um, uh, and if I may quote the bard, um, uh. uh Meat is meat and veal is veal, but what is a kiss without a feel? Uh, that is father's follow-up anytime mom references him having been a writer. Genius. But also, uh, father, uh, when he was out here, I, I don't know if you heard that wonderful line when we're sitting at the table together, where he says, and I quote, I haven't read a book uh, since Treasure Island in eighth grade. So I don't know about the whole poetry writing thing uh, when when the line... Keep in mind, talking to an audience at home, keep in mind, he's saying this line to his son that's written two books, two books, one from, you know, a few years ago. The last book I read was Treasure Island in eighth grade. <laughs> he's saying that to his son, who's written two books. It's an odd thing, because there's a certain inability. What? I don't know what that, what is. What a dick move. Just lie, dude. I'm fine. Just be like, oh, I get He it. doesn't <laughs> have the ability to put himself in your shoes, so you can't even do, what lie would he tell? I, it's, he couldn't, he wouldn't even come up with mumble. one. Mumble. Talk well, about something else. Don't say, I haven't read a book. The mumbling came later. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read a book since eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's, that's, uh. That's an embarrassing thing, and then, but it was cool to hear it because I'm like, ah, catharsis. Like, <laughs> ah, I get it. All right, so it's a guy with an eighth grade education that called me a faggot, not my dad. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, but then again, like if he did read and he had told you the importance of reading while calling you a faggot, you wouldn't be a writer. So I think a lot of things, you know, you need to see the well, mom, antithesis yeah, of what was, he that, is. That was from mom though, she always made me read. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, which is again, that's weird. I still question my childhood. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like for being the the kind of the 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 youngest child, the golden smart one. I sure didn't get pushed a lot towards anything. None like, of us did. I know, but I was supposed to be the smart one that everybody, like you and Brad, kind of blamed me over the years of being like, ah, they gave you all the attention. Like I never did that. I was gone. Uh, maybe was yeah, Brad, Brad did. But one of these things of like, well, I don't, I never, they never gave me like a music lesson. I never took a foreign language. Like, no. I never got, I never did anything. Like, no. There's really things like, wait a second. You kept saying how smart it was. You never fucking, like, what the fuck? I'm 30 something. I'm trying to learn how to play a fucking ukulele. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why was I, why did you not do that? Was, no I should have took you aside and said something. Cause I, that was the one thing I figured out early was like, these fuckers aren't good for me. Yeah. I need to make it on my own and just leave where you, to be honest with you, when I used to come home from college, I used to, I'd see you briefly and I'd go and you were in your room and your room was black. Yeah. Completely black. That's awesome. And I thought, I, I was somewhat scared that you were, you had a whole vampire thing going on. Yeah. And it was odd. Because yeah. we never really talked about it. I'm like, where did this come from? And I just didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I, just, I thought yeah. it was interesting because yeah. you went in there and it was like Halloween. Um. But it was different, yeah. You were Well yeah, that was that was my that was my thing and I guess I didn't put it into words at that point, but like 
at some point the idea of like oh these people have nothing to offer me other than you know shelter and food which i was very thankful for <laughs> right, so yeah. as much as i could i would just shut my blackness up in that room and just try not to talk to them and as it much was as possible. black it was black yeah. to be fair it was fun black because it was black walls but also all my friends would draw on the walls in, in chalk so there was there was illustrations on the wall of, yeah you know, yeah shit. that was true yeah, yeah. That, that's actually the first iteration of the tree existed there uh oh th- really Long, long time ago before, I actually didn't even realize it until many years later, but I had uh, uh, Jen draw uh, Yggdrasil, the, the world tree from Norse mythology, mm. on my wall. And it essentially just looked like a tree. And then the uh, the um, uh, uh, Aleister Crowley symbol on my ceiling. And uh, Who, a, How did you do Did you read Crowley? Yeah, Crowley? these that tarot deck sitting right in front of you. I bought one when I was 17. All right, let's yeah. shift gears real quick then. Is that, was that guy like a Satan worship? Like, what's the deal with this? I don't know I, I nothing. I still don't know. I, I, Did you, so his no, books, no. are they dark? Yeah. He's, he, you know, I honestly, I, I can't even tell you because like, I'm so confused by him because at first it's, the idea is that he was the great B666. That's literally his phrase. And, but it was. Uh, but he was a showman, right? So wasn't it kind of like that was his play? Kind of like Ozzy. Well, let me let me let me word it this way, because again, I, not to. He, so he comes out as a great B six six six. To just rebel against his father, who's like a Protestant preacher, or some just say preacher. I don't know what right. religion, but you know, some form of Christian. He finds a church of uh, of Thelema or the Golden Dawn or one of them. Essentially, tries to take it over. They kick him out. So he starts doing these really dark ritual sex rituals. Uh, apparently, he made his uh, chicks that lived in his house fuck a goat. Uh, <laughs> It's one of the stories. And then then he gets kicked out. He starts becoming this, like, lonely old man, gets rediscovered by a younger crowd, kind of gets blah, blah, blah. So that's, like, the outline. But the idea that he's 666, like, the like like with Andrew, Anton LaVey, the, the guy that does the Church of Satan, he's dead now, but okay. his whole thing is, it is just showmanship. The point is, he's not actually worshiping the devil. It's, the point is, you're worshiping yourself, and this is just literally an anti-Christian mass, and it's showmanship, and it's much more on the level. Crowley was trying to, at least in his writings, he was he summoned demons. Like in the writings, he talks. So about he was trying demons. to make contact. I don't know. He did make contact with Lom. Who, that's the picture that looks like uh, the gray alien. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the picture before. How did he? I mean, was he on hallucinogens or what? what well, was probably. The... I mean, most magic is is you know you put yourself in a in a in a trance state. state. Yeah, but so yeah, he made contact with Lom. He made contact with a bunch of other like you know entities. Well, let me ask you: Do but you do you went, think but, that's real? Making contact, yes. But what he did is, I don't know, because is he doing that just to do the showman of like, yes, I am the beast, and then he's just kind of using that to fuck you, Christianity, and he's actually just like us. Like, nowadays, we can talk like this. Or was he tooling around and then stumbled on this shit? No, no, he's a, he's a, he's a, the one thing you can say he was incredibly well read about the occult art. No, meaning, that's what I mean. He started it as what you're saying, where he was tooling around just to fuck with people and slowly got deeper and deeper into this thing. Uh, no, I mean, I think he started it. He, yeah, he started it. I say I can't even say that. His pomposity was to say, you know, fuck you to the church. Got it. Right. Way. That's what I mean. Yeah. But he was also well read at that point. So I don't know if at some point he decided to just be dark or and I've heard really smart people that are like good with Crowley that know the other stuff. Yeah. Like the stuff that Crowley knew plus Crowley is that there's a lot of jokes in his books that we don't uh... get because... We don't like like I was talking about the the uh, uh, the McKenna stuff earlier, where I just don't have the degree to have somebody go. Well, you know, haploid group four shows that that's wrong. I th- like from what I've heard that in Crowley's books, there's all these jokes that like, but you need to know about you know the 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 you know the golden tablets of Thoth. You need to know about like Hermes it's like Prince Antoine Magestas. Wilson or whatever is that his name? The Robert one Antoine is, Wilson. Yeah, right. That well, like I, that. Yeah, yeah. But Wilson's a little bit easier to understand. Like his stuff's a little more like. 
it's esoteric, but it's kind of common esoteric. Like, yeah. like Crowley is like this deep, deep well of all these intricate like sub references. But smart people that know a lot more about the occult than I do have said that a lot of it's like kind of like there's there's really like kind of crude jokes in there, like kind of knock knock joke style stuff. Yeah. But you need to know all this. But I don't know how true that is because these are people that know a lot about Crowley. So are they furthering? the mythos of the dark one are they offsetting the mythos by saying he's funny or are they trying to you know further the the cause by getting people in by saying oh no it's really not that bad and then once you're there and into it like you know any good culture. yeah then it's a weird so, i don't know all i know is that his tower deck kicks ass that's literally the only thing that matters to me because i i keep going back to him every now and again maybe in my later life i will maybe when i know more but right now every time i go back to him i'm like nah I'm good like that's not for me right now mm-hmm. and maybe because it's that dark thing like i think crowley won 50 pounds on me in 10 years shaved my head i look like crowley <laughs> I, w- I do it's true two um hello ladies yeah it's ugh. but um I, it's, okay 20 30 40 years but um he uh yeah it's just the darkness there like i think he, there's a certain amount of like that's a saying he looks like me is uh or i look like him is I think what his path is, is almost what I was describing before of like just following that kind of that dominance divine masculine path. Yeah. And that's kind of where Crowley came from or went to. And I can kind of see, at least for now, because I still have these hangups of like what I used to act like. And honestly, most people that were around me back then are surprised when they hear me They're like you weren't that bad. But, you know, because they weren't living in my head at the time. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that you always, you know, you're harshest critic. And since I, you know, want to stab my face off, you know, you're going to be a little annoyed at yourself. But so let me go in that direction and like, ask you about like that, like with the Crowley thing, because it's like it's recently a topic. Um, I like to float. And uh, the more I've been floating and it, it, deprivation tank type things um, for whatever reason, and it's deep down is this idea that you're beginning to make contact when i first went into floating i never thought that way i just thought it would be a good thing to relax but then all of a sudden in my head it it just seemed to go there yeah now i haven't actually made contact or anything like that um with anything it just something in me says this is a way yeah that makes any sense my question and not having the background you do in 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 the occult or whatnot is the idea that there is more that there is spirit that you can tap into through means, mushrooms or what. Yeah, yeah. But what the fuck is that? Like what, you know, like I've seen things and, you know, like you, you see people who do change. Yeah. Do you have, and I'm wondering, is that like, is there something more? And then also the idea that like, you know, like say I'm in a tank, I'm slightly worried. Like what the fuck? Should I listen to anything? Like if there's anything like, you know, like it's people who pray even like, oh, God told me or Jesus told me. Well, yeah. is that something you trust? Or do you just basically say, no, I'm just going to trust my voice well, and nothing else if you do begin to go down that road? Well, I word it this way is, uh, is uh, all right, so the, the metaphor I like to use is if you met me on the street, we'd never met before. I'd be like, hey, my name's Eric. I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. You met a guy named Eric from New Orleans. All you know about the universe is the perception given to you. So if I have something coming to me claiming to be Sekhmet giving me information, I didn't meet Sekhmet in a in a divine meditative state. All I can say with any kind of truthfulness is that it occurred to me in in a trance-like state that something claiming to be Sekhmet gave me this information. Right. Or theoretically gave me this information. So then there's nothing to worry about. 
because you're not yeah you're being contacted but all you're getting so you could easily reword it to say in an altered state my subconscious spoke to me and the metaphor it used was uh, uh, three shadows or whatever you were saying in yours. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I guess my question though is like either it's inside or outside you. Well, Do you listen? I, but that's why it doesn't, of course you listen, but that's what I'm saying that in the same way you listen the same way that I'm Eric from New Orleans. Yeah. Is it doesn't matter if it's true, what they're telling you is is true, false, or or otherwise. The fact is all you can say is that I met a guy uh, that said his name was Eric and he said he's from New Orleans. I'm pretty sure the conversation was out loud and I'm reasonably sure it was in English. No. Good, good point. But like you know, if if you do go down that road, this is drastically different than Eric. I think there's a certain assumption that like, or this this must know more. I mean, you think about all the the Jesus freaks who said they make contact and they follow what is being told them. Um. Yeah. But... You know what I mean? Like, and why? Like you said, well, why would you listen to fucking Eric? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. So if it speaks to you and you find truth within it. I suppose, what are you afraid of? Because now you're acting... The trickster. I, I mean, I suppose it comes down to... I mean, I, I just... I, I, mean, I, I mean, I can't speak for other people. I just... It doesn't occur to me that someone could trick me like that. Like, it doesn't... Well, I, I don't know. Like, I, for me, it's never trusting anyone. I've always done my own thing. So it's just odd to say, all right, well, you know, like, let's listen. Or like, and I haven't got there. I'm not saying like, yeah. I think they may be, you know, like I do feel like, all right, sometimes I do touch my higher self and now we're going deep in because I'm going, all right, there's whole philosophies I believe in, but I kind of feel like I am more my, but I can only tap into it so much like the antenna theory. I don't know if that's really me or not though, in the sense where what am I tapping into? And maybe it is because, you know, I look at the choices I make when I'm in that zone, which to me, I always, I compare it to like life strings. If you find your life strings and you follow them, usually good things happen. And for whatever reason, I've been able to f stumble onto those and recognize them. Um, but I don't know how far, you know, like it's it's chancy when you do that. And I don't know whether you begin to become where it's really where you speak. When you take it to the next level where you're actually, it's not so much, I'm sorry, I'm not explaining this really well. But like um, your gut tells you it is where you're actually like, hey, dude, thanks for that advice. When it comes to that level, as opposed to your gut says, this is your life string, grab it. Do you know what I mean? No, I do. Like, I just, I just suppose like what, what does it matter? I, I guess is my question is who, who gives a fuck? Like as long as you're confident that you're not, yeah, I like, guess that's a you, good point. If you know what, what, like I know what I'm, I'm capable of and comfortable doing. I could have Jesus walk in here right now, sandals, flowing robes, halos. Alex, you're going to have to start killing Jews. Sorry, dude. Not going to happen. But I'm your Lord or God. Yeah, I believe you. You're Jesus, but you're my. You're bad. You chose the wrong guy. I'm not going to go out and start killing Jews because I'm not the type of person to do that. So if some trickster God gets into contact with me, he can't make me do something I don't want to do. Yeah, I so mean that's just, a good point. You know, but I mean that's the, the extreme. I you know like you know if to be honest with you, say I, I'm going to trick you. You know, I'd, I'd I'd be subtle about it. I'd probably get you laid first to build your confidence and your trust. And then move on. No, the no, but, you know, I think that happens a lot, actually. To, you know what I mean? But it comes to know thyself. That's like the main Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, is, right? Know thyself, right. It's just to know where, you know, like for like for my thing, like like a lot of people would fall for the getting laid thing. Like, I don't have casual sex anymore. 
it's confusing to me. I didn't like it. Fuck my brain up. I work much better without casual sex. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. Do certainly, you know, all my pieces still work. So there is that like, yeah. oh man, I would love to have the trickster talk me into it, but I'm not going to be because it's just, you know, it would be a pointless thing. Like I watch my friends getting these horrible relationships and I've met those horrible people that I'm like, oh, I could so fall for this. Like I watch it. Like I see in their eyes. I'm like, oh, this is two years of just me screaming. Right. Like, right. Because, like, but you can, but you can watch it. So as long as you know, there's nothing to be afraid of because it's it's you so if you find truth in something as long as you're confident in who you are the truth is going to be true to you so there's nothing to worry about yeah it's a good point i like the way you yeah you're thinking yeah it's good because this is all like you know i usually i don't have the time to to think about these things to the degree i probably would like to just because i live in the stupid business world and shit so majority of my time's in the reality playing those bullshit games yeah um see i thought about enough that the, the term reality uh, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't work for me anymore. Whatever this, yeah, yeah, re- yeah, yeah exactly, no, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like entirely- I'm, I'm deep in this bullshit in the matrix. So it's like it's hard. I, I need to pull myself out and be able to, to discuss these things. But it's there's more um, pressure to not go down that road because in some ways it's so counter to the day to day life that you live. So for me to even mention, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like I think no, there there's is a more out of that because, like, when you said this life and pointing in here, it's like literally I'm existing very differently from you right now. Like, oh, totally. To, to the point, and I don't mean like better or worse. Cause, I mean it's much worse as far as like day to day tax paying life. I mean I'm doing this so wrong for like the the way the world's built. Right, but I think your but, soul might be happier than mine I, I, because I'm fucking stuck in. But, but who yeah. knows? But I'm just. Oh like, no, right. There's an entirely different like kind of perspective going on. So, but like that's why like there's a certain amount of like that's why i'm like reticent to try to find like like a quote-unquote better job because like i know i'd have to start turning off some of this to try to because right now it's just like yeah some fucking fire me who gives a shit like it's one of those like this is all fake anyway but if i spend you know if now i'm at a job that's like oh you know this is my this is a mortgage payment or her you know or like yeah you know, this oh is... totally so it gets to the point of like all of a sudden i start buying into the system and it's like no longer it can't be like oh well no no yes sir i guess i will stay a little bit later you know like yeah i fixed my tie up yeah you know you're right i probably you know i shouldn't have stayed out so late last night thank you for the advice sir like right know, start doing that and, and obviously not that but like i can keep a certain amount of like just uh, double fucking fingers in the middle fuck you like, you know, my out plan is to go into fucking huge debt and just leave the country to someplace that has a, has a credit safe haven. Like, that's yeah. my level of thinking. No, I'm not going to do it. Well, probably, I mean, like, you, you, that's the level of you can think at when you're not attached to something called reality, just your perception. You're, you're, you're just machine with eyeballs and, and, and intestines thank walking you. around. You um, know? but no, yeah, us, I mean, saying, yeah, no, no, right. That's but what I, we are, you know, I, I think for you, yeah, it's good. I think there is some, you know, maybe it's a romance of the artist because the artists, they are closer to, you know, I, we're kind of going full circle on this creation thought, but the act of creation, I keep coming back to maybe the point. In the sense where, and this is, I'll get there somehow, but one of McKenna's stories when he's on ayahuasca is bumping into those machine elf dudes. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you know what they always say they do, and a lot of them say it. They try to make shit so you notice it. They make colors, they make things, they make you look at it. Say, look, look what I did, look what I did. They're creating for you. Yeah. But their power comes from you actually seeing it and viewing it and believing that that creation is real. Does that make them stronger? I don't know, but I kind of look at them as like infants, like soul infants trying to get the upper hand to get them to a level where someone believes in that consciousness. So it's the same thing us being here. Whatever our consciousness is here, 
Does the act of creation and the and the things that you make and then people believe make you stronger from being consciousness? So like Jesus has so many believers, is he now, whatever that is, whatever that consciousness was, is that now a God? Because so many people yeah. believe it. Yeah, there's this, uh, there's a, you know, the concept of a talper? No. It's a, a talper is a, um, it's a paranormal kind of concept, but the idea is that you, um, you essentially, you wish so hard that something comes into being, like a little boy can manifest a, 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 a yeah, like a, Pinocchio. A little, yeah, sort of, but like not so creative on like the actually you build a doll, like like a little boy could like uh, create a, a dinosaur to run across his room, and it literally exists because his belief is so strong. So there is right. a sort of yes. Uh, there's a thing like um, if you ever read American Gods, Neil Gaiman. Yes, that's the basis of his thing. Is that you know the as the gods, Zelazny, yeah, 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 as the gods die out, you know, it's be like kind of their their foods being taken away, like yes. food being people that believe or remember them. It's almost like energy vampires in a sense. It's like the 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 belief creates, yeah, the, the their value. Well, in that's many kind ways. of the, that's that's kind of the the essential trade of the of the the more sense making gods because like the. The the current idea of Jesus, like the, the like without the, because Jesus, if you take Jesus as like you know they call it the Krishna consciousness or the or the Christ consciousness, where it's just like this this being of pure ascension, and he tries to teach people things, and people are fucking idiots and get it, they get it wrong, and right, right. things spiral out of control. But not taking him that way, taking him the way that like the like kind of the, you know, seven hundred years later and up version of Jesus that like you know after the book gets solidified and kind of all of his coolness was taken out. Yeah, and the propaganda is 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 created and yeah like know. that's the first one and not the first one but that's like really this rare thing because it used to be a barter system with your gods where it was yep. i'll worship and then you give me something back and this is the first one where it's it's i mean i guess i guess what you get back is it was a monopoly you know, but i mean before it was a market salvation but he's the one to put the salvation on on the table that needed to be like this is yeah. the first one that kind of that pulled the shell game so like yeah energy vampires kind of the way that gods have always sort of worked but not vampires because they were there there's a trade like they're just that's what i think the machine elves i go the other way is that they're trying to make you look at that to try to get you to live in their world because the best they can make you think they look like are fucking idiot elves when you're tripping your face off like they're probably these transcendented transcendental fucking beings that experience the totality of the universe with every heartbeat and they're just like you idiots you're you literally have to shit yourself and think i'm an elf for you to look at no nah, see i disagree i think the the there are higher spirits or whatnot but i think consciousness is always in the act of creation basically and you know or let's just say you know um and this is the big thing that kind of had an epiphany about was that you know we always assume that consciousness comes after uh the physical but you know what yeah. if it's reversed that consciousness you have a book in the back of your car right now that talks about this right the consciousness was the start and the end is is yeah. the physical. So the idea that when we experience consciousness through, let's say, ayahuasca, because that's yeah. the one it seems that actually gets you the closest to whatever the fuck is going on in that sense, where you can actually have that brief moment. It's almost like saying, all right, look, um, you know, reality is nothing more than movement. And if consciousness is no movement, just consciousness, that reality that we see, the physical, is nothing more than movement and vibrations yeah. that we are able to inhabit to build up um kind of like an artist to build up our street well, that's, cred that's the that's the, the book i gave you it's sitting in your car the sacred geometry uh, yeah Melichek is the sacred geometry the idea is that first there was consciousness then consciousness looked at itself and it made the first circle then the first circle to compare itself to something else made the second circle and that's how geometry starts because that's when you get the first like kind of radius the first they call it yeah. the Vesica pisces and that rolls out and the eventual thing is is 
creation because it started to observe itself and then started flowering out. That's the basis of all uh, like the amino acid bonds, DNA, everything is within that structure. And all it is is the sacred geometries. And that's, that's what the yeah. old school you know, beliefs were, was trying to learn that geometry, learn the, learn, you know, the scaffolding to, to build yourself to something higher. And that's the, yeah. that's the, how like, man, when you think about it, think of the deviousness of the desert God, Yahweh, whatever the fuck his name is to be able to take the lead position Wipe out. Yeah, if you think of it as, well, I got it, but you think of it as whatever, then fine. You know who actually is the blame for all this is the fucking Archangel, what's his name? That, um, God, who's the one that came to, uh, Michael? Nah, the other one. He's the, uh, Gabriel? Gabriel. Because Gabriel started this bullshit, basically. He's the one that planted the seed in all these guys' heads to basically, by the sword, create the believers. The strength of the desert god. Yeah, but that's the problem. Is on both sides. I mean, he's playing both sides. It's the him. beauty that's, of that. No, 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 that's a misunderstanding. If it, if you read the actual Hebrew Bible, yeah, polytheistic religion, it it says we created the earth. It's Yahweh is the one um, above others. He's talking about a, he is the one that holds the other gods in sway. There's not a. It's I not know, a, but that to me is the great lie. Well, that's no, what I'm that's, trying to say. That's, that wasn't part of the original teachings. That's some later fucking Roman bullshit or whatever the hell the military societies started like fucking around with the beliefs. It 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 was, a, you know, a, a one of the creator beings decided to be benevolent and allow us to exist. And that he's the one that's going to be in charge of us amongst the many others. It's a, it's just, a, it's the same polytheism. It just, because it went through that one area of the world that for some reason, I mean, I guess because it's a really fucking hard place to live. Yeah, it's the desert. They start, that's huge. They the, start the, trans- idea of the desert. So yeah. they start translating everything to be this hard scrabble by the sword, starved to death version of what was actually being mm-hmm. given right. to them. So it's not the God. It's the, the people that followed the God that missed it. Cause if you look at the early books, it's a polytheistic religion. So, you know. So is is Yahweh then Thoth or what? Are the 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 also the Egyptian? No. Then that was before that. Well, yeah, because it's also. So then, who are they? They're they're just. So was you know, Yahweh? That's what I'm saying. Was Yahweh around? I mean, who is it? Osiris? Then like who? Well, oh yeah, yeah who? You actually, know what I'm saying? Um, Yahweh is one of the Egyptian dudes. I don't think it's not Thoth. Um. Uh, um. Yahweh is one of them, I think. I, I don't actually know. I don't, I forget how that goes, but there's no, but there are, that's, but that doesn't matter. Cause then you go, go over to China, there's people there and it doesn't, yeah, and they don't even, they, yeah, they don't. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It, it doesn't matter that like, cause they're not, I mean, they're not real. They're thought constructs that take on the, the initial form of humanity. Like everything starts off with kind of this, I mean, it starts off as the divine feminine and then the divine masculine kind of takes over and, and. Really, it's that imbalance of the two that fucks everything up. You know, yeah. divine feminine leaves us, you know, uh, scratching in the dirt and not building anything cool. And yeah, we're probably happier. And then over abundance of the masculine, we start stabbing people and building empires. Now, yeah, that got you your iPad, but it made us miserable uh, wage slaves. It's, and it's a good point. The, those, yeah. those religions are you watch them. All it is is just it's watching a conversion from kind of uh, uh, some people refer to it as like kind of the conversion from hunter gatherer to our uh, to. Uh, uh, agricultural uh, of you know this balanced system where kind of really life's kind of groovy like you know you work a couple hours a day you're aces like it's really yeah you know, everything's kind of cool no so, i mean it's stagnant but oh but no but that's what, if, that's why they're supposed to be the the balance the balance but right if you go yeah. both ways but like the whole yahweh thing it's not it's not if there is a being behind it what people are talking about him has nothing to do with what that dude did or told them like he didn't say it like he didn't say any of that shit like it's just these fucking idiots like fucking stupid guy that goes to the mountain he takes a, a fucking 
crib notes, uh, what's that called? The like idiot's guide to the codes of Hammurabi and throws it at these idiots worshiping golden calves. Like this has nothing to do with the God. I mean, literally this is direct. The, the, the codes of Hammurabi have the old Testament in it. It's just even passed down and deformed and fucked up, but it all just, it, it's not Yahweh. The desert God didn't do anything. It's just fucking idiot monkeys got it wrong. They're like, Hey, let's go kill people. Uh, I do agree. I agree. I still, you know, question things like Gabriel showing up in the cave for, you know, what the fuck was that? To basically start, and you know, what builds strength more than two people fighting each other, basically? Because, you know, and that's exactly what happened, yet they're two heads of the same face, in yeah. a sense, you know, and that, you know, in that process of that, the, the fervor strengthened, in a way, both the leadership of both sides. And that's why I always look and go, wow, what a fucking trickster to pull that off. Now, I know what you're saying. It's yeah. uh, the ape. And, I don't know, though, because I still want to know what did, what triggered that? Why did? Well, a lot of people say that's the change from hunter-gatherer to agricultural societies is that once you start getting hunter-gatherer is based on just direct trade, sharing, really everything's groovy, hippie commune. And the second you start growing your own crops, it's I'll trade you one rutabaga for one thing. Then money starts taking over and then greed starts going. And yeah, that's then you get you the hierarchy. Getting, yeah, and that's, basically, I mean, right, really, that's yeah. where it goes down to is, is kind of that mathematics lead towards the male center brain, which again goes to prove that the Jews ruined everything. <laughs> Those money counting pieces of shit. Fuckers. Hey, Shylock. Unbelievable. Your nose down a little bit. Yeah. God. Even though that's from the Russians and that's nothing to do with people. I always hated that. It always annoys me. Like they yell at Jews for having a long nose. Like, Look at people in, in Israel. They don't, that's not from there. That's from the fucking Russian Jews. That has nothing to do with, like, if you went back in time to, like, old school Jewish people, they wouldn't have big ass noses. Well, Jew, Jew isn't a race. No, but that's not right. There's not. This, this fucking, it's so weird that you can somehow get this, this I odd, know. like, social thing thrown at you where it's like, that's from, like, 400 years ago, yeah, like, thousands of miles north. Like, how do you fuck this? And that's what it goes to. I can't blame Yahweh. These people fuck everything up. The second they get some idea in their head, the yeah, next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, I thought it was this way. And then it's like, oh, God, fucking. You always need a scapegoat. Yeah. Well, I, and that goes down to the scapegoat, where that's where you put the demons in and then fucking slit the goat's throat. That's where the term came from. <laughs> Literally, Did it really? Scapegoat comes down from you put the you put demons you uh you summon out the evil spirits and put it in the goat and then you kill the then goat. Then you kill the goat. And and to it's some variant thereof. I probably got it slightly wrong, but it's it's close enough that that's the narrative. All right, then I want to ask you a question now because we're on the demons topic. Yeah. The shootings recently that has been happening, and I I get that this has happened. It happens all the time. Yeah. And it's had for out. You know, maybe it was with knives or whatever. Um, but we didn't really know about it. But. When you watch what the people who are pulling some of these things off, there's a certain tendency to say, you know, are these guys just going off the deep end or does something happen? Because you look at the backstory in these guys that do these things and there's always this tendency to say that they call it they snapped. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Is it they are weak willed and, and taken over or are they just this something that dwells in their brains and they don't tell anybody and then they snap and just act out what they've been thinking or is there something outside them that actually pushes them forward do it do it i think i know i think it's just i think it's brain chemistry and i think people just snap i mean there's fucked up people in the world and a combination of that and, and news media allow that's where the shootings come from because it used to be like the popularization the the, the meme if you will that was in the ether was if you're fucking, if you're dealing with some heavy shit, 
put a satchel over your shoulder, go ride the rails, or hitchhike your way across the country. Yeah. Now, what was the old thing about hitchhikers? Yeah, you know, hitchhikers going to murder you. Like that was a thing. Like you'd have these, like the old school serial killer works hitchhikers, you know, train bums, hobos. Yeah. And that was like the kind of story is that they're the murderers because they were these snapped people because that was what attracted them because that was the story that you did. So when you were snapping, the meme in your head, the 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 cat the cat picture was going, go hobo oh, no and yeah now that now the cat picture is is shoot up a school shoot up a whatever because that's the meme that's the that's the normative insanity that's that's correct at the time like Jesus, like, fucking tools like, well, just, it, it, it saddens me they were so fucking stupid no, okay well anyway, just finish up because uh, yeah. we're going too long um, oh. uh there's a thing have you heard of jerusalem syndrome no jerusalem syndrome is the best thing ever it happens, I think it's somewhere along the time, it's like three times a month. People go to Jerusalem, freak out, start screaming that they're the Messiah, and have to be sent back to their home country. There's actually a hospital in uh, in in uh, Israel somewhere, or in Jerusalem, probably. let's just say Israel, because I don't remember exactly where it is. I think it is Jerusalem, but there's a hospital set up for these people because it happens so frequently, like three times a month. People freak out being there and start claiming that God's talking to them or that they're the Messiah, and they came back and they just realized it when they're there. Jesus. So those are the people we're dealing with. It's not like those are different people. Those are just regular people that just that one little thing. And now let's say that they're someone that's, you know, flipped out, but they're someone that's into guns or, or, or has this, the, you know, those uh, vendetta fan- fantasies. Yeah. You don't I go, mean, oh, this... I'm God. You go, I'm going to start shooting motherfuckers. It's our culture's version of crazy. Their cultures is a little bit different. Yeah. Depending on where you're from. Cause our culture right. used to have the, the train bum thing that used to be, that's the way you went nuts was train bum, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know if anybody's done the studies, but I would I would wager that if you looked at this like the the actual ratio of people that quote unquote snapped and and did something violent over the course of our country since the industrial revolution, I would wager that the numbers have probably gone down or stayed the same. I kind of agree with you. Because but there's now, no way to really tell, and yeah. I, but I mean, it's different because the weaponry is so much more. Oh yeah, yeah so yeah, you know, their their means of yeah. killing are just so much higher. But yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think there's yeah. any. Yeah, there's a, yeah. It's it's yeah. I'm not to get in the gun thing because I'm I'm so fucking lost on that. On the gun thing? Well, because I'm really big fan of like the Second Amendment, or uh, that's the one, right? Is that, no, Fourth Amendment is gun. Which one's no, guns? Second is second. I was yeah. right the first time. Um, you just lost your citizenship. You didn't yeah, know that. Fuck them. I I couldn't pass that test in a fucking year. But um. Actually, I took it online. I passed it, but barely. I was like one question off. But uh, I was like, you know, I'm big into that document. Like they knew what they were doing. But like apparently in, in Australia, they had this big shooting back in the 90s. Yeah. They, and got they, they took away yeah. all their guns. There's been like one shooting since then. Uh, yeah, it does work. I, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I'm really into the whole second amendment. Like I really am into that. Con- like that, that document's been really good to us. Like it's got a lot of good ideas, but fuck, man. There's been like one since they've been. I like, know. It's, that's pretty fucking straightforward. Uh, the, the, the thing that scares me is you got a bunch of old white guys who are basically neutered. Uh, you know, they've been gelded because, uh, well, they really haven't. They just have to now compete on an even playing field and they're pissed off yeah. and they have access to guns. It's a cultural thing. Guns, I, I mean, I don't really like them that much. I don't think they're a big deal. But putting them in the hands of these people who basically are feel dickless. Yeah. Is dangerous. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but I ha- know. what happens in Australia is people stop shooting. Like, you know, they're yeah. stabbing. Like, England's got a much, much worse rate of violent crimes than we do. 
because they don't have uh they don't have gun yeah but they violence. have massive densities too you have oh, to no, think of no, 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 it's saying, like rats you no, put them too close saying, together like, they don't have the gun violence we do and that, no, like, they no, have, no. oh my god do they have stabbings and pipe beatings and holy shit are they more violent yeah, I know, than us like i know like we get the blame because well i mean guns tend to kill people quickly but man are they violent fuckers but i do look at australians like they're not that different from us i mean i know it's population density and I, I get why no, they're start, like a lot yeah. like us. Actually, but, they're I mean, just thirty years yeah, behind they, us. They, they're same language, same TV shows. I mean, to a certain extent, like so close that they literally take away guns, and in twenty something years, they have one murder. Like, yeah, I don't want that to be so black and white. But motherfucker, that looks black and white. No, I mean it's yeah. pretty clear. But it, again, I, I don't know where that would work here because of the culture is so different. Yeah, I mean we've kind of gone further and further into this where it's like, yeah. it's you know. I don't know. I think they should. I mean, my my the only idea I had, not the idea that I had, because there's a bunch of other shit. But if I had my druthers, they should do a moratorium on guns. Like no more guns get sold, except for just you know one shot hunting rifles, like literally the ones that are only for fucking hunting, not automatic weapons. Bambi doesn't need that. I think it's and too then, late. No, but I mean a moratorium on that, and that every single gun that gets caught doing anything illegal is immediately you know thrown into the burning bins. No more guns are allowed into the country. You know legal imports. And then you just make it like a shitload huge fine if you're caught with an illegal gun. It's never going to happen. Oh, but it just because then you don't have to pry out of their cold dead hands. Like, no, you're allowed to have all your guns, dude. You're, they're all yours. You're allowed to have them until the end of your life. Enjoy. Like, you get your guns, but just no more new get, you know, manufactured. Because yeah. then you don't have to have that shootout in Texas, which it would happen in a fucking second. But, yeah. You know, or whatever, Michigan or wherever those compounds are. Yeah. I don't know. I think you just give them jobs and give them an education. And I think, and well, I don't mean that like everybody, late, yeah. you know, but you, there's just a certain where you don't need the yeah, guns. But, I don't think yeah. it, the, the laws are just not going to work any longer. I don't think yeah. you really, once a guy has it, you just, you can't take it away. Yeah. You just can't, but make it so that they're just, it's not needed. Yeah. And to be fair, education, I don't know if that works because, you know, now you're educating them to say the world is 4,000 years old and God <laughs> right, hates fags. Right. So, yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's end this thing. It's been a while. So uh, right. thank you for for joining me. Yeah, uh, thanks. Craig. Uh, much enjoyed. And uh, yes, I will see you guys uh, next. You know, early in the next week, I'm going to be doing a Halloween episode between now and then. So yes, goodbye. <laughs>